as the technical writer, you tend to be actually one of the few people who has an overview of a system uh, that other people don't have because the other people tend to just work on little parts of it. Um, so, you know, it's actually really useful um, to be able to spread that information. So, you know, so now I, you know, I am the dev team's technical author, but I also do other work for the business, business processes, you know, helping. I, I basically, as a writer, I help anybody who needs anything written. Welcome to the Knowledge Based Ninjas podcast, where Gowri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day, everyone. Our guest today is Mick Davidson, technical writer at Aussie Broadband. Welcome, Mick, to our Knowledge Based Ninjas podcast series. How are you doing today? I'm good. And thanks for asking me to take part. Great. So once again, thank you so much, uh, Mick, for spending your time as a guest for this series. I know it's very, very late for you in the day already, but I appreciate all your support uh, and uh, uh, all the work you've done to this community so far. So Mick, please help me to understand a bit more about yourself. Uh, how mm -hmm. did you get into the documentation world? Uh, I'm guessing it must be many, many years ago. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your experience wise. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, um, I've been um, a professional writer for about 30 years now. Um, uh, I didn't have any skills or anything like that when I left school. I worked for a long time doing semi-skilled work and manual work. Um, but my brain kept saying to me, I need more than this. And eventually I went to college and studied journalism newspaper journalism and uh, after i finished studying i became a freelance journalist so in the uk i worked for whoever would pay me basically working on newspaper and magazine stories um, and i did that for several years and then uh, i got a bit tired because the hours were long forever chasing stories you know you're the freelancers who you have to you know you just have to keep working um, and then I found an office job writing training material that was paper based training. And from there, I got into computer based training. And from there, I got into writing help files. And from there, I sort of moved across into writing full blown user manuals and, you know, technical software related um, technical manuals. Um, and I've just kept going from there, really. I spent, um, I've spent you know, probably oh, 20 years, something like that, writing user guides and that sort of thing, which is fine. But to be honest, it was wearing a bit thin. Um, and then I moved to Australia six years ago, worked for Oracle for a while, um, writing technical, again, technical uh, end user stuff. Um, and unfortunately, at the beginning of COVID got made redundant. Uh, and then six months later, I got my job here at Aussie. And uh, I now work in the development team and I write what's what we call the developer's handbook. So that's a book which is essentially a wiki um, and that describes all the different systems we use. It talks about how we code. It talks about um, little gotchas that might be in the system. So anything and everything that's going to help 
the development team of about 40, 45 people to do their job better um, and uh, give them the information they need to, because we have, well, we have something like 170 systems at work and some of those are really tiny, you know, just a few fields and some of them are absolutely massive. And of course, people don't know them, but this is one of the things that I've discovered as a technical author over the years is that you, as the technical writer, you tend to be actually one of the few people who has an overview of a system uh, that other people don't have because the other people tend to just work on little parts of it. Um, so, you know, it's actually really useful um, to be able to spread that information. So, you know, so now I, you know, I am the dev team's technical author, but I also do other work for the business, business processes, you know, helping. I, I basically, as a writer, I help anybody who needs anything written, written uh, and is a bit stuck themselves. So have there been any shifts in the nature of content technical writers produce? And uh, I'm sure there must have been since you started, but uh, what are the key differences from the past? I would say the main difference now is that when I first started, um, virtually everything you did was paper-based. And if it wasn't paper-based, it was PDFs. About 2005, um, uh, at work, we were, I was working for a fintech company in, in, um, in uh, Cambridge and mm -hmm. um, we were producing Word documents and PDF documents and they were, they were good documents, but they were terrible <laughs> documents uh, because they didn't really work together. And if you wanted to search for something, some piece of information, you just had no idea where to start. You know, you had to choose the right document in the first place and just choosing the right document was hard. So I talked to my boss about this and she said, well, try and find something else that we can use that will, that we can publish things through that works better for everybody. So I started looking around and I found, eventually found Confluence and I thought, blimey, I can't believe what this is. I didn't know anything about wikis before I saw that. And suddenly, you know, it was like a moment of enlightenment. You know, you could publish stuff continuously. You can edit it on the fly. Everything can be changed. It's always up, you know, so so the end users or the people um, who need the, the manuals and the information can just get on and use it. And, you know, they can obviously, using comments and things like that, respond to you. Um, so that in itself has been brilliant because that put all the control um, with the technical writing department, whether that's one person like I have. I've, I've mostly been a, a lone author. Um, or, you know, if you've got a group, everybody's got that power. And obviously, we don't have the waste of manuals, any paper-based manuals anymore, which is a terrific thing in itself. Um, so that, I would say, is the biggest change. Great. So very nice to hear uh, the story, Mick. And also, uh, can you share some examples on how uh, software and tools have changed the way technical writers work these days? And um, yeah, and also what kind of new opportunities have emerged for technical writers due to these advancements? Hmm. I, I would, as far as tools go, 
this is the way it's worked for me. Before I found out about Confluence and other wikis, I would have to do all my writing in Word. It was much, a lot more work had to go into formatting and controlling formatting. Um, and obviously documentation has to look attractive to, to, you know, because that's what people, they don't want to see ugly documentation. It's not going to help them. They, you know, make it as easy for them to read and understand as you can. Um, but still formatting took, takes up so much time. But the real beauty of using Confluence is that, or, or any similar tool, um, we actually use, although we're going to, uh, we're using Confluence at work, the handbook is is done um, on a platform called Bookstack, mm -hmm. which is um, a free tool, uh, absolutely brilliant. I would heartily recommend it to anybody um, if they're looking for such a tool. It's so easy to use. But the great thing is that all the formatting is done for you, unless you unless you really want to change it. You can you just use what's there. You don't have to worry about formatting anymore you know that that work has been reduced to you know such a small amount of what i actually have to do so what i can do instead is create content <laughs> so that for me is the way the main way that tools have changed um but i would say thinking about ai and things like bard and chat gpt yeah. the what they have given me is the ability to carry out research mm -hmm. um, and have that. So, you know, everybody knows this, but you can go to, to Bard or ChatGPT and say, give me 100 words on what a VLAN is, um, virtual local area network. So I didn't know what these things were until fairly recently. You know, I work in the telco industry. It's a lot of technology. <laughs> and, you know, anyway, so VLANs are, are something that we actually sell to customers. So I thought I'd better find out about it. And so you can go and ask this question of AI and it will come back with some information. And from that, you can then build. So instead of having to search the Internet and try and find almost on a random basis, picking out, you know, bits of information. You can just ask ask one of those mm -hmm. and it will come back with a whole load of information. And yeah. from there, you can start building. And I'm not a particularly technical person. I will never claim to be a particularly technical person, but I work in a technical industry. So, that, you know, you sort of understand some things quite well and other things are very vague. But I always get my work checked by people who know what they're talking about. So um, that's a very good safety net for me. And so when I write an article like I did recently on VLANs, I showed it to somebody in my team and said, you know, what do you think of this? And he came back yeah. with a load of suggestions. And from there, we actually built a, a much more detailed and more thorough, thorough article. Um, so the AI, on, just in that one area has has made life incredibly easy so that that's a great thing right yeah we we spoke about uh, the advancements and uh, how it helps our technical writers in the current era but i'm mm. sure it also poses a lot of challenges right yes. so what are some of the challenges you have encountered or you are aware that our current technical writers face today that was not prevalent 25 years ago. Any challenges? Uh, 
Well, I would say there's a lot more information now and, and you can just spend half your day or more <laughs> trying to find things out. You know, the, the, so you have two challenges, I would say, on the research side. One is an internal challenge and the other is the external. You know, when I first started out, uh, the internet barely existed. In fact, I can remember when I first saw it, saw it for the first time and somebody showed me how it worked and I was totally amazed. <laughs> I had no idea that it even existed. I know, it's like, you know, it's an incredible moment. And, um, but the thing is now you have so much information where do you, you know, where do you draw the line? I mean, personally, if I'm doing a search on something, if I'm actually using Google to search, if it's not on the first page, I'm not going to look any further unless I'm really desperate, yeah. <laughs> in which case I will. Um, so that's, that is actually quite a burden. Um, but if you can find a good resource or source that you trust, then, you know, that's, that's also very useful. And obviously with companies like IBM, etc google you know there's they put tons and tons of information out there um and another thing that i would say that on the plus side sorry i'm going back to the plus <laughs> is things like linkedin with all the technical writing or documentation groups and things like that i mean now you know it's like you found me through linkedin mm -hmm. you know i found loads of other writers and documentalists through linkedin and that's such a brilliant resource for us all because, you know, if we get stuck, we've got people we can ask. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago when I was a lone writer, if I got stuck, there was virtually nowhere to go um, for help. So so that's, that's, that's also a good thing. The other thing I would say is an ongoing problem is the internal um, internal research. So that really means really getting information from people, um, when you need to research something, you know, some new piece of functionality or, or whatever. Um, and being included in the process, <laughs> it's still such a massive problem. Um, so that's been going on for decades, you know, developers hold meetings, nobody tells you anything and suddenly you've got a manual to write. Um, but, you know, you don't know where the information is. So that is an ongoing problem. We're, we're working quite hard at Aussie to resolve that issue. Mm -hmm. um, and to be honest, it's not about people being um, deliberately uh, unavailable, shall we say. It's they are under a lot of pressure as well. All the developers, everybody who's remotely technical is under pressure to perform and to get things done. And one of the downsides, I would say, of being a technical writer is that you're usually the least remembered person and you're certainly the last in the queue in terms of getting developers time to help you, um, say, review a document because they're getting stuff done that gets dollars in. <laughs> As a technical writer, you're, you're pretty much a cost center. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, you have to, first of all, you have to earn your place at the table, but, you know, you know, they, they're obviously bringing in the money, the developers and all those sorts of people. 
Um, so that's where their focus is. So that's a hard thing to to um, to resolve. I don't personally. I don't see it being resolved. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think um, like that's what was happening. But a um, lot of companies have started treating documentation as the mainstream, similar to mm. development and QA, because it's one of the most important part. Mm. Uh, so that your customers are getting the right information in the right ways. Yes, I think one of the things for me at the moment is that I've spent an awful lot of my tech writing career writing end user stuff, so going out to customers. Now I don't. All my customers are internal. So the nice thing about that is that it's it's a pretty much deadline free job <laughs> which for a lot of writers is you know probably heaven but um it's really nice because i just have to keep i've got a convey about of work and i've just got to keep going with it but there is never usually a deadline so that's nice um but i would say one of the other changes um that i've seen is um when I first started using Confluence, I soon realized that if you gave other people editing rights, they would write things for you. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so I encourage that all the time because I can only write so much. Um, but if there's people out there or people in, in any of the teams, it doesn't matter which team, uh, marketing, BAs, BIs, people on the phones, sales, anybody, I don't care. If they've got an idea for an article, then, you know, okay, give us the basics of your article mm -hmm. and I'll turn it into something that's publishable. So we, we're we sort of, I think we're beginning to move into uh, an area which people refer to as curating. Mm -hmm. So I still do a lot of writing. I do a lot of diagramming and stuff like that um fundamental technical writing job stuff um but at the same time i work with people um to encourage them to come up with ideas and to either write i mean several of the developers will write articles they'll just write them and then they'll say oh i've just put this article in the handbook can you go and edit it mm -hmm. and i you know, that, that will be the first i know about it and that's great i had a guy um a couple of days ago he sent me four <laughs> so that's four articles I could never have written because a I don't know about don't know about the subject and b it probably just don't have the time to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's a great thing about using something like a wiki is that you can enable other people to do to participate in the writing work and it gives them something interesting to do that's not in a normal part of their job perhaps, um, and it allows you to share information more easily and um, one of my fundamental uh, thing, thoughts is knowledge sharing is really important within a company we, we really do have to share our knowledge uh, and through you know our handbook at work it's completely possible but if it's through you know any kind of wiki like confluence um, or bookstack you know they anybody can share anything with anybody so that's really great. Great. Uh, so let's move on to the rapid fire round, uh, Mick. 
So I'm sure mm -hmm. you must be reading a lot of uh, resources and contents in the web. So can you share uh, some of the documentation related resource you have uh, consumed recently and found very interesting that you can share with our audience today? I tend to read um, more technical stuff. So things, uh, systems, etc., cetera, tech, uh, equipment that we use in our business or we sell to customers. Mm -hmm. This is the sort of thing that I'm reading about. I'm very focused on, on that sort of thing. So yeah. for me, I've got all the tools I need, so I don't really need to um, learn anything more. Having said that, you know, LinkedIn is a good place for resources, for training. Um, mm. I've been looking at their stuff, um, which we get free at work, which is really nice. So, yeah. Right. That's, uh, yeah, that's very, uh, very good to know. And at the end of the day, if you are equipped with all the materials needed for your job to be done more effectively, that, that's exactly what you need to focus. Mm. Right. Um, the other question I have is, what is that one word that comes to your mind immediately when someone mm. says documentation? <laughs> uh, user manuals. <laughs> <laughs> Great. My last yeah. question to you today is, what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to a 20 year old self? I think just to be more assertive if you like more confident great uh, so again as i uh, said in the beginning of the recording that uh, there's a lot to share from from your side and uh, you haven't uh, uh, let us down and it's really mm -hmm. a great pleasure to have some of your experience shared through this podcast uh, mick so i can only congratulate you for whatever you achieved so far and i'm sure there's lots to come on your way and all the very best um in all the documentation that you're going to be producing very soon yes. so good luck and if i have missed to ask you anything or if you'd like to share um anything else particularly please feel free to share with our audiences now yes okay um no what can i say um i think we're now in a position uh as we've talked about where we can move into curation we can carry on writing doing that stuff which i, I really still enjoy doing you know it's all part of the creative process um, but now we can be much more central in an organization much more valuable we can be the wheel around which a lot of things turn um, but we have to get out there and make sure that people know that we're there and that's very much what I do. <laughs> I, I, I try to meet as many people as possible. Um, a, because I want them to know I exist. And B, I want them to know that I can help them. And C, I want them to know that I'm really interested in any information that they can give me that will help me to do my job better. Great. Thank you, Mick. And uh, once again, all the very best and have a good day. Great. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.